Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Mid-season draft night tonight, but before we get to that, we have to get through the Collingwood response from the current board to the Jeff Brown Challenge, and it has been emphatic. Time on is your say on the news of the day. Let's get it going. one 736 736 Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. On a big day, uh, plenty happening, uh, not only in terms of just the movements and ramifications and machinations and permutations of getting a round of footy underway, but there's so much more to deal with. Collingwood, who have only just got the uh, go-ahead to head to Adelaide under incredibly strict conditions of what they can and can't do before they head to Adelaide. They fly in, fly out uh, to get that game happening. Uh, we'll take you through all the conditions that have been put on to the Collingwood Footy Club ahead of that game. But uh, before we get to that, uh, there's massive news coming out of Collingwood again. We were on air last night when uh, Mick Warner's story uh, with uh, the quotes from Jeff Brown saying that he uh, would be challenging for the presidency uh, of the Collingwood Football Club came to light. Um, he wanted to give Mark Calder and the current board a chance to uh, implement a peaceful takeover. Uh, they wanted four seats on the board, uh, one for himself and then three of his choosing. Uh, if not, then uh, they would look to uh, use maybe uh, one of the uh, petitions or the petition that's been signed by uh, about 1,700 members of the, of the Collingwood, uh, of Collingwood Footy Club to force uh, an EGM, and at the moment, that's looking likely with a response today, an emphatic one uh, from the current and the incumbent Collingwood board in a statement. They've said that the board of the Collingwood Football Club stands as one. It stands united and strong. It stands in support of our athletes and staff, our members, and all who believe in the idea that Collingwood has an important role to play in Australian life. The board of the Collingwood Football Club stands for unity, not division, and will therefore stand against coups driven by personal ambition. Not one, let alone four, of the current board is prepared to step aside to allow a boardroom coup as proposed by Jeff Brown to proceed. A coup is not warranted. It has not been justified and cannot be justified, nor is it in step with good governance or the will of the members to agree to the demands of an individual member wanting only to be president. In any case, there is no vision, no ticket, no compelling strategy for you to consider or for us to step aside for. How could any board entertain a request to step aside without first knowing these things? Notwithstanding this position, we are available to meet Jeff, 
to establish whether, in the best interest of the club, a divisive and distracting, distracting campaign can be avoided. We have heard the call for change, and yet it was only months ago that Eddie Maguire resigned, and even more recently that Alec Wislets retired from the board. Two new directors have been appointed to fill those vacancies, and six of the seven current directors have been seated at the table for less than five years. The appointed board represents the outcome of a rigorous selection process conducted with the independent advisors to secure the skills and diversity required for a modern sports organisation. This includes technical football expertise, knowledge of women's sport, business acumen, values-based leadership, infrastructure development, fundraising, government relations, social impact and diversity. Three directors are up for re-election at the next annual annual general meeting, making orderly change possible and the need for an extraordinary general meeting effectively redundant. Collingwood is financially dependent, independent. It is at the forefront of female sport in Australia and playing a significant role as a community partner. The work being put into the Do Better report is necessary and enriching. The AFL program is working through a difficult time, but steps have already been taken to address this. The tough football decisions taken in the last 12 months would not have been taken if we were not prepared to ask questions, learn and act. The work on our on-field return has already begun. As such, your board today gives you an undertaking to stand firm. Signed, Mark Corder, the president, Jody Sizer and Paul LeCurie, the vice presidents, Neil Wilson, Bridie O'Donnell, Christine Holgate and Peter Murphy, the other directors of the Collingwood board. So that's quite emphatic. Uh, and by the sounds of it, that is not a Collingwood board that uh, is looking likely to entertain any notion that Jeff Corder has about a peaceful handover. They've said that they'll meet him. Um, but everything else apart, everything else in that statement reads, we are here for a fight. It did get me thinking only moments ago about one of my favourite scenes in The Godfather. That's all right. This seems to happen every five years or so. Ten years. Helps to get rid of the bad blood. But ten years since the last one. You know, you've got to start at the beginning. Well, it was 1998, wasn't it, that Eddie Maguire took over? So it's been a lot longer than five to ten years. Clemenza in The Godfather talking about sometimes a war needs to happen so there's no bad blood moving forward. And in that scene, he says, you've got to get it done at the start rather than let it go on. So I wonder if that's what we're heading for. That's what it had me thinking of today when I read this statement from the Collingwood Football Club. It doesn't look like this will be... Uh, anything close to peaceful at this stage. That's as emphatic a response as you could expect or that's as emphatic emphatic a response as you could get from the uh, current Collingwood board. So last night uh, we had uh, the member, um, Michael, Brad, David Haightley. Sorry, I just had a brain fade there, David. Uh, David Haightley, who'd been the long-time 40-year Collingwood member who had been um, canvassing Collingwood members at the last couple of weeks of games to get enough signatures that would effectively force an EGM. He's got the required signatures, 1,700 to 1,800. And I asked him last night what he would do uh, given Jeff Brown's announcement. Uh, he was very much of a, we will wait and see how this pans out. Um, they are very much wanting the opportunity of, uh, for the Collingwood members to get a chance to vote on the board not just the three seats that might be up at the end of the year, but the overall board. And they want complete overhaul, the group that has been running that campaign. And and his words were that they've got over 99% of people that he's spoken to uh, are in favour of what he is proposing. So that is waiting in the wings at the moment. And that's why I said last night, the timing is everything in this world. And when you have 
a performance like Collingwood had last weekend, you've already you know that someone's already gone and done the dirty work for you in getting the signatures required to force an EGM. The timing of that Jeff Brown announcement, I think, has been planned almost to perfection. And now um, it's a matter of whether this will happen peacefully or not so peacefully. And given that statement, it would seem that it is not going to be uh, anything remotely resembling a peaceful transference of, of power. And I would love to hear from Collingwood fans what you want and members of exactly what you want. Are you happy with how things are at the moment? When you look at Collingwood overall and you see the the sponsorship success and you see the community engagement success and the things that you're doing in those areas, uh, but then you look at the on-field situation. And and one thing that stands out to me about that statement is the AFL program is working through a difficult time, but steps have already been taken to address this. The tough football decisions taken in the last 12 months would not have been taken if we were not prepared to ask questions, learn and act. The work on our on-field return has already begun. That seems like pride in what the last 12 months have been, which I wouldn't have thought that you would be proud of how the last 12 months have been handled in terms of the playing list and how the trade period was managed. I said at the time, I'm okay with the decisions, but (laughs) the way in which they were implemented was uh, nothing short of a calamity and, and nothing that you should be proud of. You know, trying to use a player's mental health or his wife's uh, movement to another state as a way to sort of ease him out the door. There's there's nothing to be proud of in the way that, that those things were undertaken at the time. And Collingwood have said that. So now to say in a statement that oh no, we, we're you know look at look at the good work we've done here. I, I don't think that's going to strike a chord with anybody, especially not Collingwood fans. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your say on the news of the day zero four double three. Uh, 98, 11, 16. So the round 12 fixture is finalised. Adelaide and Collingwood will go ahead as fixtured Saturday, June 5th, 4.35pm at the Adelaide Oval. Collingwood will fly in uh, and fly out um, based on a set of agreed protocols to be adopted by Collingwood and the Adelaide Crows. So I'm going to get those protocols up in just a moment. There's a, a dot point. They're quite they're quite stringent in what the players will and won't be able to do and what their families can and can't do before they actually travel to uh, Adelaide. And they need to all pass uh, with negative tests for that game to get underway uh, as well. Dreamtime in Perth is officially a sellout, which is incredible news. That is really exciting news. Um, Well done to the people of Perth and, and WA for getting involved in what is one of the most symbolic and important games uh, that we have on the calendar. Uh, and that is just a... And I think they will show up and show out. Opta Stadium is a magnificent stadium. The light show that will accompany the on-field ceremonies to start this, oh, it's really exciting, I reckon. Um, and there's several of the players that have connections. Uh, the Indigenous players, uh, Shay Bolton is a, 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 from the Wajuk Nation, which is in and around that Perth area. Um, so there are players who have connections to WA from an Indigenous uh, point of view as well, from where their mobs are from. And so that's there's a lot to get excited about by that. Look, ideally, we'd love it all to be at the MCG, but this is the next best, um, I think, situation that we could have, apart from Darwin, which was incredibly special last year. So that will go ahead um, and is a sellout, which is incredibly uh, exciting. Uh, 1300 736 736. Uh, your say on the news of the day or 0433 98 11 16. Just in regards to what happened last night um, with the announcement from Jeff Brown, uh, Sam Edmund, Gary, and Tim uh, spoke about that this morning. 
It would be music to the ears of so many Collingwood fans who have been agitating for change. He's 66. He was the AFL's external lawyer for the best part of 20 years. He's obviously the chairman of the investment back Molus Australia. That first meeting was to get a seat at the board table. He was turned back on that. Should he be turned back again? And Mark Corder showed that he's not willing to go quietly. The other magpie army, if you like, Brown's petition-wielding troops led by the member David Hatley will do their work. Now, Hatley has enough signatures to force a spill of the board at an EGM. So for mine, I'm not sure what your opinion is, Gary and Tim, but it would appear as though this is an immovable train. It's yeah. going in one direction. Mark Corder can either get out of the way of it or he can get run over. Um, so those that have been seconded in recent times, uh, Dr. Brady O'Donnell uh, yep. amongst them, they could get caught up in this whole sweeping change, yeah? Oh, well, they will be caught up. So three of oh, them... Unless they're one of the, they're the, one of the three that he it, wants Exactly, to yeah. So Jeff Brown is saying that uh, three will remain, and he, he uh, can't remember the exact phrase he used, but it would be preferable should there be three to remain to provide some, um, you know, uh, I guess advice about uh, to ease the transition, mm. if you like. Who those three will be will be up to... Jeff Brown and, and Mark Corder, I'd assume. Because, as I said the other day, Paul LeCure is currently the football director there. Now, I don't know whether he's sort of part of the Jeff Brown yep. team going forward or not. I also hear that he may not necessarily be a massive supporter of Bucks being the coach going forward. So, a lot to play out there. So that was Sam Eben, Gary Lyon and Tim Watson, SEN Breakfast this morning, SEN.com.au to hear the full chat uh, and the show via the podcast. Jerry Waitley in his editorial uh, spoke of uh, that announcement last night via the Mick Warner article in the Herald Sun. Does the board fall in the face of one man's demands or do they make him engage in the competition of ideas? I'd expect a statement of unity from the seven members of the current board committing to each other and willing to stand or fall together to push the onus back to Brown to do more than say, I want to be president. While I think Collingwood would be best served by a rapid resolution, I'm starting to doubt that that's the way that this pans out. Oh, that's a very precise reading of the tea leaves from Jared Waitley this morning, uh, sen.com.au, to hear that uh, full conversation. But that's exactly what's happened this afternoon with that statement being um, released. Um, it, it was as strong a response uh, as you could expect to get. And that is exactly what it seems the outcome will be now that they will fight this tooth and nail. They've said in the statement that they are happy to meet with Jeff Brown. But whether that is a fruitful meeting, uh, it seems doubtful uh, at this stage. So now the onus does go back on to Jeff. So if you're a Collingwood member right now and you're listening to this, what do you now want to hear from Jeff? Is it what I would imagine the first thing is how will things be different under you? And obviously why then should we vote for you if it comes to that? But what are you going to do that's different? What will you, obviously last night Jeff Brown said that, that, that a change is needed and, and that's all well and good, but what is that change? How does it look? Give me something I can hold on to. Give me something tangible. Is that how you feel as a Collingwood member? What do you want to now know from Jeff Brown after you've heard that response from the Collingwood incumbent board to say, uh-uh, we won't be going quietly into the night and just handing over the keys. If you want them, come and get them kind of thing. That's how I read it. So now it does fall back on Jeff Brown to, to state his case. We know that there's a, a movement that's got the required signatures to force an EGM. So if it was put to a vote, then what do you want to hear from Jeff Brown? 
1-300-736-736-0433-981116. Uh, work your way through the texts that are coming through off the temper text. Temper, uh, a mattress like no other. It's mid-season draft tonight as well. That starts at 6.30. So the batting order is as follows for the first round um, of picks. Uh, North Melbourne, Hawthorne, Collingwood, Adelaide, Gold Coast, Carlton, St Kilda, the Giants, Essendon, Richmond, West Coast, Sydney, Port Adelaide, Brisbane and Melbourne. So the other question I've got for you tonight is what do you need? So we've seen in the mid-season draft that this often isn't just about what do you need now, but what can you get for later? Almost, It's not putting it on lay-by because you get to take the, the player home with you, but what are you going to tuck away for a rainy day? So... I get the feeling that the first couple of picks from North Melbourne and Hawthorne will be about long-term planning, not immediate need. Because really, those teams aren't playing finals. We know that. They're at the bottom of the ladder. They're not going to have any part in September action. So they're looking to the future. Um, Collingwood even, they're not going to play finals either. But do they need to look at what uh, they can do in the short term or will it be a long-term proposition for them? Adelaide, well, they're still mathematically in the hunt. So what do they need? The Suns, we know they need Ruckman. Carlton, is it small forwards? Is it another key forward to help Harry Mackay while you're still waiting for Charlie Curnow? Uh, Sam Edmund had news on him today, back at training and flying apparently. Or is it inside mids that are on the menu for Carlton? St Kilda, is it midfield speed? For the Giants, key defenders. Essendon, do you just need to stock up and, and pile up on the best available talent to keep that rebuild going? The Tigers need midfield experience. Dodgy hamstrings for Prestier and uh, and Cochin as well. Nathan Freeman looms large for you. For West Coast, you need ground ball players. You're getting smashed in that area. Midfielders, Sydney might need key backs. Port need a bit of pace around the middle. Brisbane, they have no immediate need. And Melbourne have no immediate need either. So what do you want to see from your club tonight at the mid-season draft? Well, you won't miss a moment of that. We'll continue to update you on the picks as they come to hand. one 736 736 Stay right there. I'll come to you on the other side of this. Time on, SEN. That's all right. This has got to happen every five years or so. Ten years. Helps to get rid of the bad blood. But ten years since the last one. You know, you got to start at the beginning. Could there be a Godfather-style cleansing, uh, Clemenza style uh, in what's to come for Collingwood after the Collingwood board emphatically rejected uh, Jeff Brown, Jeff Brown's demand that uh, he would meet with Mark Corder and ask that four board positions uh, be turned over uh, so that he could fill one of them and then three others to step in and, and seize power and, and he, the presidency of the Collingwood Football Club. Uh, there's a full statement of what he said at sen.com.au that was included in the article yesterday by uh, Mick Warner in the Herald Sun. And uh, the Collingwood statement as well is is up on their website for you to read. So what are we heading for uh, and what do you want to see as a Collingwood member? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 When Eddie Maguire took over, I think it was 1998. Uh, I'll double-check that date in a second. I just don't have it in front of me. Um, that's that's the last time that anything like this remotely uh, has occurred uh, from a Collingwood point of view. So five to ten years, Clemenza reckons. Well, it's been a lot longer than that. So is this a chance now for... Uh, Collingwood fans to actually have a say again about what seems to be a a transition period like a this uh, I think this is a, a defining moment in the history of the club it is this is the moment that I think sets you up for the next 20 years and how you want to do that and how that needs to happen um, I, I, I agree with Jared Whateley on this that it would be a wonderful uh, display of possible unity 
and maybe a great coming together for Collingwood people if the members themselves could get a vote on that. So whilst no one wants an EGM, maybe it could be the best thing that would happen for the Collingwood Football Club. And the members now feel like they get a say on the direction, which they haven't had for a, for a long time. Oliver's in Armidale. G'day, Oliver. Yeah, g'day, Sammy. How you going? I'm well, thank you. That's the way. Um, yeah, I'm a Pies man, mate. So, obviously, just with everything that's going on, I, I actually think it's a good thing and we should go to the uh, general meeting. Um, I, do, I, I mean, without knowing a whole heap, I do think that Jeff Brown, from what it sounds like, will be the best bloke for the job. Um, but I think what we need at the moment is just transparency. So, instead of Jeff Brown just being able to get into the job, you know, on the basis of he wants to take over. Um, you know, we just need transparency as fans. We just need to know where the club's going, what's going on. You know, this season, it's like we're playing finals. Oh, next week we're not. There just seems to be no direction or transparency, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's what it will provide um, the AGM in the fact that they'll just have to, you know, it will encourage them to sort of present the direction that they want to take the club and then the vote. Um, the, the second point that I want to make is... is uh, do, you, do you have any idea on what the timeline of this sort of stuff is? No, not at all. Well, the first thing, you know, we, we, we had, um, we, uh, last night we, we spoke to, um, and I've just lost my, uh, we, we spoke to David Hately last night. Uh, sorry, I was just shuffling my papers around. We spoke to David Hately last night who has the signatures required to force an EGM. His view was that he wanted to wait and see what happened between Jeff Brown and Mark Corder. So that meeting hasn't taken place yet, but the response from the Collingwood board today was was as strong as it could be uh, in rejecting, without even them having sat down, that request to open up four board seats. So it, they can either wait till the end of the year or uh, it can happen at the moment. Jeff Brown addresses that in his statement, which is up at sen.com.au, Oliver. So uh, he talks about in there that... Uh, um, what is he? Where's the paragraph here? It is possible for members to petition for an extraordinary general meeting to spill the board and elect new directors. If that is the will of the members, I would support that call in absence of an outcome that saw the board renewal by virtue of a mutually agreed process. He says, while I'm cautious about causing any further disruption to an already disappointing year, if the members want change via an EGM, then I would expect a number of high-quality candidates who have contacted me to offer themselves up and to seek to join me in a new, revitalised, passionate and skilled board. So it could happen any old time. Okay. yeah. I mean, the only reason I ask is... Uh, it's just we're do, we're doing ourselves no favour at the moment. We're treading water completely. Um, that's how I feel, and I just think we just need to, whatever the outcome, we need to get to that as soon as possible. Um, get a bit of unity back in and reset and go. Because yeah, at the moment, I think that the, the biggest frustrating thing is it's just it feels like we're just treading water as a club. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're doing. So, and I think the other thing is. You know how they, how they can expect to attract players and coaches and all that sort of stuff to come to the club. I just think we need to get it sorted out ASAP, um, so we can. You know, if we if we are bottoming out or resetting or whatever we're doing, let's just decide we're doing it and get on board. Thank you, Oliver. Really appreciate the call and appreciate the passion. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your your say on the news of the day. That's the time on promise. A few off the text. Uh, Sam, this reminds me of when the board gave Graham Kennedy the arse in the club, but Jack Thompson led them into the border into, from the bottom to win the flag in the club. That's from Damo in uh, Albany uh, in WA. 
yeah, it's got a bit of uh, it's got a bit of that about it. It's probably not as uh, conniving and cunning and behind as closed doors as it played out in the club. That is a brilliant play uh, from David Williamson, by the way, and it's a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen that, please just. Uh, we're in lockdown at the moment, unfortunately, in Melbourne. If you've never seen the club, you've got ample time uh, now. Uh, and by the way, with the news today, and I didn't, and I should have said it off the top, and I and I apologise for not. Uh, it's it is a tough day. I understand that. Um, the news we got today is not the news we wanted. Um, it's not the news we deserve. Um, but uh, this is the situation that confronts us. So uh, these lines are always open if you want to talk sport. You want to have a, a chat about footy to try and take your mind off uh, the next seven days and and what's to come. Uh, this this is your station and we are here for you. one 736 736 of course. You can call and put anything on the agenda that you like. A few more off the text. Uh, I'm a Collingwood member. What I want is to win games of football and to play in a way that has people wanting to watch. At the moment, I can't even watch them play. It's so frustrating. Andrew from Seaford. Um, bit cheeky to say three positions are up next. AGM, if Brown and co got them still in a minority on board and quarter stays president, recipe for disunity and disaster. That's from Daryl in Ringwood. Yeah, that occurred to me as well. Daryl, good point. Uh, United, we stand. Divided, we fall. We are supposed to be side by side, question mark. Open it up. Democratic vote, then unite and stand side by side. Easy. That has, that seems to be where this is heading. Um Collingwood need a fresh start and quarter and the other cohorts need to go. So Collingwood point to the fact that apart from apart from Mark Quarter, that the all the other board members have only been there for five years uh, and under. Um Richmond man here hoping they all get hoping they get all of the Collingwood PC brigade off the board. Okay. Let's not pretend they didn't cause all this and that could possibly lead the club any direction other than downward. Listen to your members and get on your bikes. I'll move on from that one. Uh, I have no idea what PC has to do with anything. In re- uh, I'm going to let that go. That, I'm not going to take the bait on that. I almost did. I'm not going to take the bait. Uh, let anyone eligible to run present their vision to members with voting rights and let the members decide. That's from Joe um, from Collingwood. A question to be asked for Jeff Brown. This has come through off the text. How are you going to get us to our next premiership? Will Buckley be there next year? How will you attract new talent given our salary cap pressure. That's from uh, Joe uh, as well. And then off the text, exactly the same thing happened at Richmond five years ago. We stuck with the incumbent board and coach. Look what happened after that. Uh, that's from Chriso. Uh, 0433981116. It's a mid-season draft tonight as well. Uh, Damien's uh, on the road. G'day, Damien. G'day, Sam. How are you? Good, buddy. What did you want to say about the draft tonight? Just before I get to the draft, <clears throat> um, Jeff, Jeff Kennett's comments yesterday about you know, we may have to call the season off. I have to agree with him. I think they will have to call the season off because it's obviously going to get the players' minds about going back into hubs if they have to and all that kind of thing. What are your thoughts on that one, Sam? Um, uh, I think they will call the season off. Jared Waitley spoke today about there is probably more of a chance of pause being pressed on the season than there is of hubs. The players clearly don't want it. Uh, Gil McLaughlin has been at pains to address the players to say that that's the last resort. So I think if we're reading between the lines there, Jack Rewalt said it on AFL 360 last night that they definitely don't want to go back into hubs. So um, if if I had to go one way or the other, I'd say that if it got to a point where we couldn't get into any other state to play the games we needed to play, then I would imagine that pause would be pressed uh, on it that. Um, now I want to talk about the mid-season draft tonight. We're both Hawthorne supporters. Do you think we need a backman? 
Is that, is that oh, for you, Damien, we need every single thing you could possibly imagine. We do. Uh, there, there's, th- this draft has nothing to do with what's going to happen for Hawthorne this year. There's nothing that can happen for Hawthorne this year. We'll, we'll see them do anything remotely like making finals. Therefore, it will be uh, a pick to stockpile for the future. It'll be about trying to find the best talent available that might be able to help in the long-term rebuild that, that Hawthorne currently face. So you name a position and Hawthorne need it. Um, obviously, a backman would be number one. But just a quick question about the draft: What actually happens? Do they? Might, it might, this might be a stupid question, but I guess nothing's ever a stupid question. But with the mid-season mm. draft, do they come straight in, or what do they have to do? What's the go with that? No, they, they come straight in. Uh, well, they don't come straight into the team, of course, but they do come straight into the squad. Okay, and then they get drafted in sometime in this sort of sort well, of you, have to work their way up. No, like anybody. You once you're on the list, you compete for a spot in the 22 that runs out each week, uh, and then you, at the end of the year, if they don't retain that player, that player receives a twenty thousand dollar payout, uh, and if they do retain that player, it means that somebody else loses their list spot. So that's uh, how that one would work. And we need to get to it at the moment because it's about to get underway. So, Damien, thank you for the call. One three hundred seven three six. 736. Just on those conditions at Collingwood players at the moment, getting back to the footy point of view. So they've been given the all clear to head to Adelaide, fly in, fly out on the day of the game on Saturday. The Collingwood players, coach and their families are not allowed to leave their house except for training at the club uh, or have any visitors from 5pm today until Saturday. In addition, nobody will be permitted to come to the house of play- houses of players, coaches or staff for a period of 65 hours, including intimate partners, as permitted by regular Victorian lockdown regulations. So the players will go into a far stricter lockdown than anybody else to make sure this game gets underway. So if they've got a, a partner, a girlfriend that doesn't live with them, no visits. So you're uh, you're flying solo, so to speak, uh, for that particular amount of time. So Tom Morris reporting that on Fox Footy. The draft starts at 7pm. We'll keep working through some of the news of the day and keep working through your text. But one 736 736 to have your say on anything that's making news today. Tom on SEN. You're telling me that the early feedback is, no, we're happy to stage it at an empty MCG and broadcast it on TV as opposed to going to Adelaide Oval and selling it out and having the energy of all the people there. <laughs> I, that, Sam, no, I wouldn't go that far. I that wouldn't say would they're be, happy with it. That would be yes. selfish. Yes, well, maybe. I wouldn't say they're happy with it, but how much more appetising and appealing would it be at the Adelaide Oval? Now, they've got a hill at the Adelaide Oval, oh, Jared. Yes. Yeah. It could actually be brilliant. And I truly think if you did this, like Dreamtime in Perth, bang, tickets gone. And you know they'd come for it in a heartbeat, oh, as you say. And it so. is a public holiday. Those who are asking, is it a public holiday? It is. June yep. 14's a public holiday Monday in South week. Australia. 45,000 people, public holiday, yep. Adelaide Oval, down the hill, into the water. All right. We can't, we can't hold it hostage to an empty MCG. Adelaide will get behind it. It will be a sellout. Getting crowds back to footy. It's not about the revenue to me. And the revenue is huge. Okay, the money is a huge part of it. How much money the AFL is losing, the clubs are losing. So, yeah, the revenue is a big part of it. But to me, having the excitement of a crowd at the footy is what it's all about. Fans at the footy. If you can get fans in, that's the priority to me. And... They will sell it out at the Adelaide Oval if they move the big freeze. The opening game of the season, we could open the season with a showdown. We could open the season with the Derby. We could have dream time at the G moving around Australia. I think that would be fantastic. And I think it does give the other states a chance to have the showcase games. Give them an opportunity to sell it out, show what they've got as a state that can do it a little different. 
And I reckon the big freeze at the Adelaide Oval would be a little bit different. It would be, they'd, they'd Adelaide it, if you know what I mean. And I think Perth, or WA, will WA the dream time at the G game to the point that we'll think, wow, um, can't wait till it rotates back there in a few years' time. So I'm all for moving those games. This is a grand final in the middle of the year for the both clubs. If you want to really show the AFL Commission what uh, footy means to uh, you in the West, then you've got to go for this and grab it with both hands. So, Gerald Waitley, uh, speaking to Sam Evan this morning, uh, about given that the sellout that we've seen now and the appetite to get to the footy for from people in Perth to get to the Dreamtime game, which will be Saturday night now at Optus Stadium, why are we hesitating uh, and why aren't we pulling the trigger on taking uh, Melbourne and Collingwood uh, to and the big freeze game to South Australia and to the Adelaide Oval, getting that to sell out as well? The crowds have been brilliant in Adelaide all year for the games that they have had. And Dwayne Russell agreeing with that, with his point of view in there. And you heard from Kevin Sheedy too about the Dreamtime game. And he was uh, the initiator and he was the, the, the brains behind the first ever Dreamtime game. So um, I have to agree with all those things. We, at the moment with what's happening here, even take out that we're in lockdown at the moment in Victoria and in Melbourne and, and are set to be so for another seven days, which is a real kick in the guts. Now, we all know that. But leading up to this point, we had we were our crowds were way down. And on occasions like Dreamtime and like the big freeze, you don't want to see those games. You certainly don't want to see them in empty stands. But you certainly don't want to see them in half filled stands either. And I know for a lot of people there was a lot of really valid reasons why they couldn't get to the footy. Um and I understand all those things. But these games are spectacles. These are feature games for the year and they deserve and should be in front of big crowds. So I, I couldn't agree more. one 736 736 What's more important when it comes to these games and, and in these situations, that they just have to stay where they've always stayed or that they get the biggest crowd and the best crowd they possibly can in full stadiums, even if those stadiums are smaller. But even if those stadiums are smaller, but to have them full and to have that energy... Is only can only be a good thing to truly honour those games and to make them uh, the the spectacle that they deserve and and should be. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, totally disagree, Sammy. Collingwood play boring football. They won't sell out in Adelaide. Well, they may not. <laughs> no, I, I, what it, Collingwood by themselves may not sell out uh, in Adelaide. But this game we know, the MND game, the big freeze number seven. Neil Danaher is an ornament to the game and the work that they're doing, it transcends all that. So it won't, it won't matter that it's Collingwood in the way that they're playing at the moment. It will matter more about what the occasion represents. And football people get behind this, not because it'll be the best game of the year, but because it's one of the most important games of the year. So that's why it will sell out, Michael. It, 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 it won't matter to people in Adelaide that, geez, Collingwood are, are, are playing an unwatchable brand of footy at the moment. It will matter more to them to be able to turn up in their freeze MND, uh, big freeze seven MND beanies. I'm wearing one at the moment to, to turn up in the beanies, to see their local celebrities go down the, to take the plunge into the ice. They understand what's more important to this game. Like everybody does that goes to this game when it's in, in its regular place at the MCG, people understand why it's important. It will, it, it, it won't be a factor in that game selling out. I can, I can assure you of that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Big L says, hello, Sammy. Hope you're well. Have you got any news on Lockie Neal? Uh, not yet, but there is strong word that 
he may play this weekend. Uh, I would say they'll make that decision as late as they possibly can, Big Al, and then it will be a matter of is he right to go or do we need him to just wait another week because they do have the bye next week. Uh, Ryan's in Wheelers Hill. G'day, Ryan. G'day, champ. How are you? <laughs> Good. I've just been champed. Oh, hello. There we go. That always wakes you up a little bit when you get a champing. Is that a good champing or a bad champing, Ryan? Wouldn't know what a champing is. Okay, that's all right. Well, Welcome. What, uh, what did you want to chat about? Mate, I've been to the football. I've been to three games this year. Yep. Right? Uh, and felt very uncomfortable in all three with the crowds, rah, rah, rah. Mate, I understand football with crowds, mate, and I understand football with no crowds. It's dull. It shouldn't happen. But 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, mate, this pandemic, it's raging like a bull. How are you going to feel waking up in the morning and you've been calling on people to go to the footy or calling on it to be moved to Adelaide where there's a crowd, and all of a sudden there's two cases who have are in the crowd. How are you going to feel then? And it's, it'll just spread like a, a bushfire in Christmas. How will I feel personally? That's what, they, that's, what they can, that's what they're concerned about. And that's why people don't go to the footy. All the crowds are down. That, that is you one know, of like Health is more important. Put it on hold for two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Mate, we're sitting here. We can't. I can go to the shops. That's it. And most people are doing the same. You know, like it's... Life is more important important than football. I, I think I, I totally agree with you, Ryan. Yeah, oh, you, we won't get an argument from me at all that life's more important than football. So I don't we... think, Ryan, you, you keep going if you want. I'll I'll wait till you're finished no. until I respond. No go. I couldn't agree with you more. We are all aware that that, that life is more important than football. There is no yeah. argument in that. There's nothing to dispute in that. You won't get an argument from me in that. But we're talking about the game as it's continuing at the moment and where it would be played, considering it probably won't be able to be played here anyway. And and if even if it could be played here with no crowds, would it be better to play it somewhere where you can have crowds, where they don't have the community outbreaks that we're having at the moment in Victoria? Are you saying that because of what's happening in Victoria that nobody should be going to the football in any state? Is that what you're saying? I think we should, I think we should be looking over our shoulder. Um, it can come from anywhere. Absolutely. Right? It, it, it's this, this COVID-19, it can come from anywhere. All of a sudden, bang. We thought 85 days or whatever it was here in Victoria, we kept saying, and I kept saying, how good is Victoria? How good? You know, what a great country. And then one case, one person, and look what, look what we've got. One person out of, out of Adelaide. Ryan, I appreciate your ringing to express the view. Um, I, I don't know if we should be shutting the whole country down because of what's happening in Victoria, but I certainly understand the fear and the trepidation that comes with it. I agree with you. We, we thought we were through this, and um, devastatingly, we're not. Uh, and that is really hard to cop at the moment, and I totally, uh, totally empathise with you uh, on that, and I thank you for, for the call. Um, Dave, stay there. Josh as well. We'll come back to you on the other side of this, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 this is time on your say on the news of the day, SEN. Uh, all for the Essendon and Renault traffic sales event. It's now on. Wonderful to have Essendon and Renault uh, on board. And don't forget that traffic sales event. It is now on. Uh, I've got some audio. Mark Corder actually spoke to Sports Day tonight, and I'm going to play you some grabs of that in just a moment. The current uh, Collingwood president, after they 
issued uh, the most emphatic of statements rejecting uh, Jeff Brown's proposal that they uh, vacate four seats on the board so that he can uh, take one of those and become president and fill the other three. Um, Jeff Brown said in a statement yesterday that he was keen to meet with Mark Corder uh, to try and arrange a peaceful handover of power. Well, that seems unlikely, the peaceful part. The board did say that they were willing to sit with Jeff Brown uh, and then see whether uh, it was in the best interest of the club uh, to follow through with any kind of uh, transition of power. Um, but it certainly, if you read the tone of that statement on the Collingwood website, it is we're up for the fight here and we will not be going quietly uh, into the night. Uh, Steve's in Elstonwick who wants to talk about Collingwood. G'day, Steve. G'day. Uh, look, um, I'm a Collingwood member of uh, many years. Um, I guess what I'm not sure of is uh, whether... Um, the new guy's going to state, as in Jeff Brown, if he's going to state what his intentions are. Um, and what I'm most interested in and what most Collingwood supporters I know are interested in is who's going to be our coach. What's their intention? Are they going to appoint Buckley? Um, because whoever appoints Buckley will get my vote. Uh, sorry, whoever appoints someone other than Buckley will get my vote. And the other question, and that's just a matter of opinion, right? Mm. But... Um, so I guess that's my question. You know, are they going to state their intention? You know, are they going to um, appoint Buckley or not? Well, that's that's a great question, Steve, and and I'd, that's the other one that I'd like to ask Collingwood members: Do you even care? D- does what happened at board level affect you as a day to day run of the mill member in any way, shape, or form, or is it really about who's coaching us, what kind of game are we playing, and what are we doing to get back up? to the pointy end of the ladder. Is that where, that's what it sounds like it is for you. And I wonder, and I'm sure that might ring true for a lot of Collingwood people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Am I still there, by the way? You are still here. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yep. Am I still um, here? Geez, so... that's a great question. Uh, quite esoteric. <laughs> are any of us, to, yeah, keep going, Steve. No, I was going to say, I, and like, we're all playing the guessing game. I, I think, you know, the, the um, I, I guess the suggestion is that Eddie's behind the Jeff Brown ticket. We'll never know, but... Um, it's a bit of a shame that, you know, he's done so many great things for our club, but I just get the feeling that he won't admit that, you know, Buckley wasn't such a great appointment and maybe with Malthouse we would have had a couple more premierships. So I can't help help but feel it goes back to that. So anyway, um, but regardless, I just think we need to change. Ten years with a coach that hasn't won a flag, I, I don't know any sport that that exists in. Mm. So And oh, so close, yeah. Steve. Oh, so close. Uh, thank you for the call. I really appreciate it. If that's hitting a note with you as a Collingwood member, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Quickly to Josh in Wallen. Hello, mate. Yeah, hey, Sammy. Uh, I just got two quick things. Um, so I feel like even if it's not the AFL games for, like, the crowds, um, it, it might be VFL games, but um, maybe they should bring VFL games up to the regional areas um, give all the regional guys, people who are now out of lockdown, ability to watch some potential AFL stars and then use the gate revenues for the local clubs who obviously need it in this hard time. Um, And getting on that too, if any of the AFL players are listening and want to live in the regional area, I'll open my house up. Yeah, I'm, I've, I, I will be really honest here that I've been in recordings and things like that all afternoon with a couple of TV things, and I and I haven't completely got across what's happening for regional as opposed to what's happening for Melbourne over the next seven days. So, but but if but I do like the idea that if it's possible to take games regionally because the VFL, the interstate teams will all play this weekend, but the Victorian teams won't. So, if there is a chance that they can get out uh, regionally and play those games, 
Uh, it is a, a little bit different for them, obviously, given that uh, it's a semi-professional uh, competition that they all have uh, Monday to Friday jobs. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one, Josh. It might not be a, a bad uh, proposition uh, at all, my friend. Uh, thank you. We'll come back after this Sporting Capital. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91